Another season of Forgotten Horror has come to an end, but as Field paraphrases Al Pacino from Send of a Woman, We're just getting warmed up! Spend the next few months with Forgotten Cinema as season seven kicks off with movies from all across the decades. We jump to the 70s to talk about the front page starring Jack Lemmon and Walter Matthau. We dive into the 80s with Michael Mann's Thief and the Dennis Quaid Meg Ryan thriller DOA. And then slice into Butler's childhood years, the 90s, with The Last Samurai and The Negotiator. That's right, Field. You're old. So very, very old. Shut up, Butler. Forgotten Cinema, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Have those Marvel blues while Black Widow's theatrical release date is consistently delayed? Well, turn that frown upside down because yet another MCU podcast is here to guide you through the MCU one movie at a time. That's right, Mike. Each episode, we break down one movie from the MCU and talk about its connections with the source material, comic books. Which means I get to learn so many fascinating things like about Alpha Flight. The Canadian Avengers. Who knew? And Moon Knight. A multiple personality superhero. Seriously? And then there's Man-Thing. Yeah, not really sure how to explain that one. Pretty sure no one can. Yet another MCU podcast, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Welcome to Crack One Open with Mike and Elise. On this episode, we tackle what is beer? How do you drink beer? Oh God! <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> we're we're too far into this. <laughs> uh, this week, we are cracking open Thirteen Months of Sun, an Ethiopian hazy IPA that comes to us um, as another two evil collaboration. Uh, between Two Roads Brewing Company and Evil Twin Brewing. If for those who don't remember, they created my favorite beer of all time, Geyser Goza. If you're listening to this Two Road or Evil Twin, bring it back, please. Basically. Please, I'm begging you. <laughs> <laughs> that was basically my my next sentence, so thank you for, for that. Yeah, so Two Roads is our basically our second home, so you've probably heard them referenced on this podcast like every episode or every other episode at least probably yeah but for those of you who are maybe just joining us two roads is located in stratford connecticut inside the old u.s baird building Uh, it's a really cool old factory it was built in 1911 and two roads purchased and repurposed it in 2012 and since then uh two roads has grown to be a top 50 independent craft beer brand in the u.s they are currently distributed in 15 states as well as the uk Ooh. evil twin was founded in 2010 it originated in denmark but it also has a headquarters in new york and i learned something new about evil twin they actually started out as a gypsy brewery that like they brew everywhere else but they're they don't have their own home brew Good on you. Yeah. A gypsy brewery generally does not have their own equipment, so they collaborate with other bigger breweries to produce one-off or special occasion beers. This trend started in Scandinavia, and other examples are Stillwater Artisanal Ales, which I believe we've had before. I didn't know Stillwater was a gypsy brewery. Mm -hmm. Gun Barrel Brewing Company. and them. And McKellar. Have we had them? I'm not sure. The other two I have. Yep. So Evil Twin really didn't have their own like brick and mortar location until January of 2019 when they opened that location in Queens, New York. So they're located in Denmark, but their only actual brewery is in Queens? Mm-hmm. 
That explains why they don't ever post about their Denmark brewery. Yep. Ah, the more you know. <laughs> See? This podcast is educational. <laughs> Thanks, professor. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so for this collaboration, Phil Markowski of Two Roads, all hail. And <laughs> I'm going to butcher this name again because I still haven't heard it said out loud. Yepi Yarnit Biersko. Shut up. You try it. You try it. Show me the words. I can't butcher it more than that. Jarni Biersko? Jarni Biersko. Biergo. Biergso. Jarni Biergso. I feel yeah. like that was pretty close. See, it's not it's not that easy. I bet Google right pronounce it for us. <laughs> uh of evil twin. They they took the road less traveled. <laughs> Get it? Get That's it? they're saying. To Ethiopia, a place that once lured tourists with the promise of 13 months of sun. There they joined forces with Henok Fenty of Sweden's Omnipalo and their crew at Embelta Brew Pub. Now, quick question. Does Omnipalo sound familiar to you? It sounds like they only have one Palo. No, it does not sound familiar to me. I'm sorry. Well, it should. <laughs> uh, they are credited with one of the first milkshake IPAs, which we talked about in the episode when we covered Barrier Brewing's Strawberry Milkshake IPA. Ah, shoot. Ah. Well, I'm going to have to study harder next Bringing time. Bringing it back around. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, Is this going to be on the a, final? That was a pop quiz, yeah. <laughs> uh, so for this unique IPA, back to 13 Months of Sun, the brewers decided to use quintessential Ethiopian ingredients like teff and Ethiopian Sidamo coffee beans. So what is teff, you might ask? I was just about to. <laughs> Aerograstus teff is an, an annual grass native to the Horn of Africa or modern-day Ethiopia. It is cultivated for its edible seeds, known as teff. It's considered a cereal grass, which means it is grown for the edible components of its grain. It's apparently pretty similar to millet and quinoa when you cook it, <laughs> um, but the seed is smaller and it cooks faster, so it uses less fuel, and I assume it's more efficient in that way. Teff is one of the earliest plants to be domesticated. It's believed to have originated between 4,000 and 1,000 BC. That was a long time ago, y'all. Yeah. And it is the most important commodity for both production and consumption in Ethiopia. It provides two-thirds of the daily protein intake in Ethiopia, but it's not just for human nutrition. It's also used as fodder for livestock as well as building material. <laughs> so yeah, it's very important in their diet and their culture. Next up is Sadamo coffee beans. Ethiopian coffee, some of the best coffee I've ever had. It's true. Ethiopia is widely acknowledged as the birthplace of coffee, and thus it is highly respected in the specialty coffee industry. Beans from Ethiopia are a staple on coffee shop menus around the world, and the country is the sixth largest producer of coffee in the world, with the coffee industry there directly and indirectly employing up to 20% of Ethiopia's total population. Wow. Yeah. That's coffee country right there. Yep. Sadamo is one of the three trademarked coffee regions in Ethiopia. It's notable for its ample rainfall, optimum temperatures, and fertile soil. And Sadamo coffee are known for their rich, full body, vibrant, crisp acidity, and floral and citrus notes. It's often regarded as one of the 
finest coffees in the world, both hot and iced. <laughs> and just as a fun side note, according to local legend, a young goat herder named Kaldi noticed his flock becoming energetic after eating some mysterious red berries. And after trying the berries himself, he felt a huge surge of energy. And apparently that is the origin story of the discovery of coffee beans. Java, 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 Java. So we were also able to confirm at our latest visit to Two Roads that 13 Months of Sun uses Mosaic, Simcoe, and Cascade hops. So thank you again to Joe. I don't know if he listens, but he's an awesome dude and a, a total boss at the the main campus tap unit at Two Roads. Absolutely. All right. So let's get this one over with Mosaic hops a.k.a. Citra on steroids. They are the daughter of Simcoe, which is also used in this brew, and Nugget. Mosaic was released in 2012 and can be used for bittering, flavor, and aroma. It has high alpha acids and low cohumulone levels, making them pleasantly hoppy with flavors of mango, pine, citrus, and herbs, and giving them aromas of tropical and stone fruits. Simcoe, a.k.a. Cascade on steroids, Are we seeing a pattern here? Everything's punched up. (laughs) Simcoe is the parent of Mosaic and a hopped up Cascade, all three of which are in this beer. And apparently it was a search for a higher yielding Simcoe-like variety of hops that led to Mosaic. (laughs) So obviously these hops all play well together. And Simcoe was released in 2000. It also has high alpha acids and low cohumulone. (laughs) 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 and serves as a great bittering and aroma hop its aroma is pleasantly fruity yet earthy herbal and piney and simcoe hops are like crazy versatile in terms of what beers they can be used in ipas double ipas india black ales india red ales barley wines amber ales american stouts american porters american and belgian wheat beers and lagers whoa 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 Look all you missed was like red ales and pilsners in there. Basically. And last but certainly not least, we've got Cascade, which was pioneered in the 1950s and released in the 70s. It was the first hop to come out of the USDA hop breeding program and has since become one of the most popular American hops of all time. It represents about 10% of all hops grown in the United States. And from a very quick preliminary search, there are about 50 uh, uh, varieties of American hops currently in production. So that's a decent percentage of Cascade, if that's an accurate statistic. For sure. Yeah. It apparently doesn't store well, but that's not an issue because it's so popular. Cascade has a distinct spicy and citrusy aroma with hints of grapefruit. And it's actually pretty similar to Hallard Tower Mittelfra. Mittelfra! <laughs> It was also the original hop used in Coors, but it turned out to be a little too strong for the light beer, so they cut back on its use. Oh, poor Coors. Did it have too much flavor? (laughs) I actually don't mind Coors Light if I have to have it. If you have to, yeah. But soon after, the owner of Anchor Steam noticed the new hop and decided that Cascade would be perfect for their Liberty Ale, which is considered the first post-prohibition IPA and the first single-hopped American ale. After that, Cascade really took off in popularity. And today there are also Argentinian, Australian, and New Zealand hop varieties of Cascade. Whoa. And that's my story. We still got to find Anchor Steam's Christmas beer this year. It's true. I'm sad that we 
weren't able to uh, help ourselves from finishing it off last year so that we could do a, a vertical. Oh, the side by side? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I'm ready for some beer. Oh, shit. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> Let's do this. Cracking. It open. <laughs> ah, you said the, the name of the thing. Holy smell. Ooh. Smell it right away. Mm-hmm. We both have our respective two-road steins. Mine is from Oktoberfest of last year. Mike's is from Home Tuberfest of this year. It's the funnest way to quarantine your Oktoberfest. <laughs> also, it's a fancy ceramic stein. Yeah, more traditional looking. You get so much like citrus and pine right off the, the nose. Mm-hmm. But there is something different about it, something mellowed, and it's probably mm-hmm. that coffee. Yeah. But it does kind of mellow those notes, so it's not like a super like juice bomb IPA kind of a smell that you'd normally get. No, definitely not. You can tell it's more like I I feel like it's probably the coffee that kind of tones that down a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm, it just smells smooth. <laughs> <laughs> so it's got a nice hazy body to it. Yes. It's a little darker. Yeah. But more orangey, golden orange. Almost like a wheat color. Wheat. It's got a nice head to it. Yeah, nice and lacy. Not too big, not too small. Mm. You just keep smelling. I can't it. wait. All right, let's do this. Cheers. Cheers. I'm afraid to clink your glass too hard. <laughs> it's so good. It's just so good. So I guess when we found out what hops were in this beer, we did have it before. So this is the second yes. time we're having this beer. So technically speaking, and the, so when we had this at the brewery last week, yeah, we we previewed this. So, sorry, we couldn't help ourselves. <laughs> um, my first thought went to a pilot beer that they had on tap last year for the better part of like spring, I want to say. Probably, I think it was probably spring of the summer. Spring yeah, summer. it was a while. They had it. Yeah. And I was obsessed with this beer. So it was a hazy IPA with, I, I feel like it had a little bit more coffee. Like they toned it down for this mm-hmm. and I kind would of agree, refined yeah. it, but it was so friggin' good. I just could not get enough of it. So when I took my first sip of this, I was like, oh my God. And Mike was like, do you like it? Do you not like it? And then my eyes rolled in the back of my head and I was like, this is, this is it. It's back. Yeah. You didn't say, oh my God, you just looked at me with like this blank expression. So I wasn't <laughs> sure if it was disgust or shock or amazement. But yeah. yeah. I'm really excited for this beer and I'm going to have to stock up considering the history of two evil collaborations and seeing your the dep- ups and downs of my Geyser goes. When, yeah. Geyser well. goes came in, came out, came back, was put on their permanent menu and then finally dropped off again. Mm. Probably because they had too many other sours on their their menu. Probably doing the better. The Tanker Truck series. But I'm happy that you get to have this. I'm glad it came back for you. And then you will get to watch me get depressed when it I will. Eventually I will. suddenly disappears. I will strive in your wallowing sadness. <laughs> I will celebrate. I will drink your tears. Fuck you. <laughs> no, I won't be that happy, but I'll be like, you'll understand. You, now you know my pain. Yeah. But this is a very good beer. I, I might not be as crazy about it as you. I love it. But this is a fantastic beer and the coffee really adds something to that hazy IPA flavor. Mm-hmm. In fact, that first sip I just took was pretty much coffee is what you get. Yeah. I think the first sip is always going to be coffee because it's such a different flavor that you normally, you don't expect in a, in a hazy IPA, IPA, especially a, a hazy IPA. Yeah. So you get that right off the bat. So that's the first thing you taste. But then as you take subsequent sips, 
you get other flavors and you start to that starts to kind of meld into one kind of flavor. Mm. Yeah, even that like second and third sip right there, you can really start to get that mosaic and the Simcoe kind of yep. that very tropical juicy note. Uh, but it is also you really you do still get the the earthiness and the pininess on the back end. I was gonna say that earthiness is really there, and I'm wondering if some of that comes from the teff. It, yeah, that would make sense. Like, and then the coffee probably rounds that out as well. Mm-hmm. It's it's big on this earthy, grassy kind of maltiness in this beer that isn't in a lot of hazy IPAs. The fruitiness is kind of there, but not overpowering. That's it's definitely. It's a hazy not, beer that's not a juice bomb. Yeah, it's not as fruity as you would expect a, a hazy IPA to be. You're not getting that papaya or apricot or passion fruit like in your face. I get a bit of that apricot, I think. I think of all the kind of fruit type flavors that you mm-hmm. get, which again, these are all what the hops taste like. They aren't actually in this beer. Yeah. That papaya kind of comes through the most. And the more I drink, the more I taste it, which happened last when we were at the brewery and I had this. Mm-hmm is coffee, malty, fruity, and then it kind of all blends together. Like yeah. I, I start to pick apart the flavors. The first flavor is definitely just uh, coffee uh, because it's such a weird flavor that I think your brain picks that out first. Yeah. And then the malts are there because I think that kind of is closer to what you associate with coffee. Coffee is very earthy in general and stuff like that. So then when you come down from the coffee, you get that wheat and then you get those other flavors, those more interesting in a coffee anyway, like I'm talking yeah. like when you're eating like a, a, a fruit flavored chocolate, mm-hmm. obviously those fruity notes are what you end up going, like, oh, wow, oh, that's there. And you start to pick apart that little intric- intricacies, like the tray of chocolate you bought from us from Trader Joe's. Yep. Like the mystery. <laughs> and you got to guess what it is. Now that the chocolate or in this case, the coffee is going, I'm starting to get that fruitiness and then it'll all come together in a, a fantastic finish. Mm. Like I know you were obsessed with this when it was a pilot. Mm hmm. And I thought it was good and I had it a couple times, but I think this is, and I, I don't know if you agree, I think this is much better, much more improved. Well, I know, yeah, they had I think t- you they said it was perfected, on it. Yeah. but do you think this is much better or do you just think this is better, but not too much better? I'm thinking, because again, it's a year apart, maybe you remember a little bit better than me. I think this is much better, but I don't have that love relationship that you do where you maybe <laughs> remember it better. I would agree that this is a better beer. I do miss a little bit more of the coffee that the pilot had. Yeah, I'm torn. But uh, yeah, like I I get that it it would totally change the evolution of this beer. So I can appreciate how they they tweaked it before before releasing it as an official thing. On the one hand, I love coffee beers. We've talked about this before, like Mm -hmm. uh, Two Roads makes an espresso. Yes. which is fantastic. And their nitro expressway, <laughs> which is amazing. Uh, Tribus makes a cap, their capulus, which we just got their maple capulus. Yeah, we did. Um, just picked it up today. And that's amazing. And, you know, I've had, I know there, are, there's at least two other coffee beers that I'm in love with, but I can't name them off the top of my head right now. But I, I love coffee beers, but we've had one other coffee IPA before mm-hmm. and I did not care for it. I don't remember what it was. Yeah, and we I can't had think a, of it. We had it after this pilot and I think it was at a restaurant and we ordered, we both ordered it because you loved it. And I was like, oh, I'll give it a try. Like the last one we had from Two Roads mm-hmm. and it was gross. Huh. Uh, and the balance between coffee and IPA is so delicate, delicate because an IPA is already bitter and coffee is bitter. 
and it really goes in a sweeter beer or a more base level beer. Yeah. Where it's neither sweet nor bitter. It's just beer. Mm-hmm. And so when you have an IPA that's bitter on bitter, you got to juice it up. So it's got to be in a hazy beer. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because you can't put that. You can't just go bitter, 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 bitter. Yeah. And that's coming from a guy who just would would drink something called bitter. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder then. So if, if coffee is generally used, I think you would agree in stouts as a base beer. More often than not. Yeah. Because the or porters, malt yeah. provides that sweetness, the mm-hmm. backbone. I wonder how sweet teff is. If it's considered a cereal grain, then it must lend some degree of sweetness to this that kind of balances out the bitter. Yeah. Although I don't think all cereal is necessarily sweet, mm. although edible. <laughs> you look at cornflakes or plain Cheerios. Uh, those aren't necessarily sweet. Yeah, that's true. But I guess they do have a little bit of a sweetness compared to... Maybe like eating. Well, they they just don't have artificial sugar piled on top of them like other cereals do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but yeah, it, it might be in there. But I mean, you've got those hops as well, and I'm sure this has sugars in it as well because mm-hmm. obviously it's beer. Yeah, but yeah, it's just so balanced and unique, and it's not for anybody afraid of like, oh, it's gonna taste like coffee. That first sip is gonna taste like coffee, but no sip after that tastes like coffee. No, it really. It kind of fades away and lets the other flavors take over, which is nice. Absolutely. And it becomes just this really mellow, hazy IPA where the juice and the haze and the malts and the sugars don't overpower each other. Mm-hmm. And it's like one of the first beers where the coffee isn't there to be coffee. The coffee is there to perform a function. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. It's the first co- It's the first IPA where the coffee is just there as a tool not as a flavor. But like, I think that's surprising because that is not what I was expecting. When I picked this up, obviously we picked up the cans before we went to the brewery. Yeah. First of all. So, <laughs> Let's just put we, that out there. Although we did try it beforehand, we bought this for the show before that because I read about it and I was like, oh, Tef is on the back. They, I'll go over the can. On the back, they do talk about Tef a little bit as being one of the oldest grains. And I was like, well, that's a fun history lesson. That'll be fun to talk about on the show. And obviously the two evil creations are fantastic. So I bought it. And I was like, oh, so it's got the coffee and it's a hazy IPA. So I was really expecting coffee to be like right in there. Mm -hmm. And I remember you were a little bit like, even though you loved the pilot, you were a little bit like, oh, do we want to do this for the show? I don't know. Well, I didn't realize that it was based off of the pilot that I was obsessed with. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Until Joe told us that it was they did this before as a pilot. Yeah. Or you mentioned that. I think you brought up that there was a hazy IPA pilot. Yeah, that they no, did. I think, goes, it, oh, I no, think it was, was one of the other uh, regular people that we that we have in the tap room the that, that confirmed that it was a pilot. And yep. then Joe was able to actually check on the um, the hops in there, the hops for us. Yeah, I think that's really interesting and a little bit of kismet. But mm. <laughs> I think it's interesting that we bought this thinking, mm, I don't know if we're going to we bought this not knowing if we're going to like it for sure. I mean, I did. Yeah, I thought it was interesting. But to I be thought fair, it would be like an experimental like, kind of beer. Okay, so we've been fans of Two Roads. We've been Two Roads OGs since 2012. The amount of beers that they put out versus like the fraction of the beers that we've been like, eh, is so minimal. Oh, like, yeah. It's worth taking a It's always a worth risk. taking a risk with Two Roads, for <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah, I wouldn't be a cellar dweller if it wasn't. It's true. Uh, <laughs> but no, I think this... Beer came out amazing and it's got such a history. And I think it's so cool that their collaborations are always results of 
these beercations that they they yeah. take these vacations they, they go always around the take world and such stuff. care to delve into like the history of the the country that has the like the basis of the ingredients that and like ah it's just they, they do such a good job of incorporating all of that although i have realized mm-hmm. that this is their second coffee based to evil collaboration what was the other one the vietnam the one saigon, saigon scooter. scooter yep okay which yep. is another coffee beer uh, which is also very good, very strong, but very, very good. strong. Um, which I still believe is available some places. Oh, is it? I think so. I think I've seen it around, but I, I did notice that this has coffee and that had coffee. Yeah, okay. but that, it's very interesting. But that, that was a darker beer. Yes, yes. <laughs> it was. It was not not just stronger, but darker. Was it a porter or a stout? I can't remember. I thought it was just a, like a really dark ale. Oh, maybe. I don't remember. Maybe. But I mean, their collaborations are really always really interesting. This have using Tef and the Hazy IPA with coffee, the Saigon Scooter using super very strong coffee from Vietnam, as I remember. Mm-hmm. I don't remember as much about it as I probably should. But then of either, of course, their first collaboration, Geyser Goza, was kelp. Yeah. Sea salt. Uh, just the weirdest ingredients yep. you can think of. Like who would it's seaweed beer. Go ahead yeah. and have it. It's great. <laughs> Uh, and it is, it is, it is great. Bring it back, please. But this is a fantastic beer. You should absolutely try it. I, I would say it's ironic. We're going into winter and they just released 13 months of sun, yeah. which kind of reminds you of summer. But I can't think of any time of year you can't have this beer. Like this beer works no. summer, winter, fall or spring. It's not heavy. It doesn't sit heavy. It doesn't at all. And you think it maybe would with the coffee, but it doesn't. Yeah. And hazy beers are usually heavy. That's not. It's juicy still. And I think it's still, it's only like 6%. I, I it is not- 7% alcohol by oh. volume. Ooh, I get to tell you that this time. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's not particularly strong. It's an IPA. It's yeah. IPA percentage. So yeah, have this in the summer, have this in the winter, but it's out now. So buy it now. Who knows how long it's going to last. Geyser goes to last it forever. You know I'm going to be stocking up this week. <laughs> Saigon Scooter did last a good year or two as well. It so did, like, yeah. Their collaborations do last a while, so I, this I won't go away anytime soon. There was another one, the Pacamama Porter or something oh, with the sweet potatoes. Was that also too evil? Mm-hmm. Pacamama Porter was really good as well. I forgot all about that. That didn't last quite as long, but no. I think that's because it used sweet potatoes. And as we learned last week in our uh, Middle Coast Brewing, <laughs> uh, if you use potatoes, you got to, uh, doesn't last that long. Yeah. So I wonder if they put limited cans, <laughs> they had it in their brewery, and then it kind of went away after a little while. Yeah. I wonder if they had, ran into the same problems, even though it's sweet Maybe. potatoes. Yeah. I, would I, don't, imagine I don't know how the starch is different between like russet potatoes and sweet potatoes, how that would affect the Looking at it in like beer. eyes on potatoes, you would think. Sweet potatoes last a little bit longer. A little, yeah, but like not like crazy, but, not yeah. like super, super long. Yeah. So yeah, the can for Two Evil. Is really cool. It's very kind of, let's say Native American, but obviously it's Ethiopian. So it's very kind of ancient in a way, I guess. Mm-hmm. This is very kind of ancestral looking uh, designs. So you have the two evil band on the top, which is on all their two evil combos. So it's the two from two roads uh, and then the evil from the two uh, evil, evil twin, twin. Yep. put together. But it works. It's pretty cool. It looks like two stamps. On the top, you've got actually the two roads kind of pattern, pattern that you see on all of their, other cans, all their yeah. other cans. And I wonder if it's because Two Roads brews this. If Probably. Evil Twin does is a gypsy brewery. Yeah. If it's not brewed in New York or Queens, then it's not. It's probably all brewed at Two Roads. Mm-hmm. Then the regular can is this 
I love wavy the colors. yellow sky, a blue sun, a light blue sun, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Blue mountains of varying levels of blue to give it some depths. You got light blue in the background, then regular blue, and then a dark navy blue on the front. And they're very, very crudely drawn, just like shape mountains. And the sun is giving off these waves of blue. And around the sun are red triangles to obviously showcase, hey, yeah. it's the sun. It's the sun. I just, I love the yellow, the shade of yellow. It's like marigold, which you don't see used a lot. And then all of the other colors are very complimentary of it. It reminds me of some of the tapestries that we have in the Peabody Museum in New Haven. That's close to us. When you go through the Native American exhibits and you go toward some of the more Southern based um, tribes, a lot of the tapestries are very similar to this, which obviously this is probably based on some Ethiopian tapestries they saw, but that just shows that we're all connected. And Ethiopia is technically, supposedly the birthplace of humanity. So that explains a lot. Uh, And then the font is also very, the font is very Native American-y kind of uh, font, I think from... It's probably like you get in like just Westerns something that kind was of like royalty so they found free. It and they were like, yeah, let's use this because Ethiopia obviously has their own language. So 13 months of sun uh, with the O's have little lines underneath of it, underneath it and the, the U is actually closed off on top, which is interesting. Then on the bottom it says hazy India pale ale brewed with teff and a hint of coffee. On the right hand side of the can, you have basically their quote that at least basically described how they found all this. Uh, it's basically a letter by Phil and Jeppe talking about where they went on vacation, how they found the hops and all that kind of stuff. And on the left side is just a band going down that says, visit us, eviltwin.dk, tworoadsbrewing.com. The government warning, the independent craft sticker, brewed by Evil Twin Brewing, Stratford, Connecticut, which is very interesting. So brewed by Evil Twin, but Stratford, Connecticut. So it's obviously brewed at Two Roads, but they give the full credit there to Evil Twin. Interesting. I'm almost wondering if very much like Lawson's Finest, yeah. which is a brewery that used to make Sip of Sunshine at Two Roads. I think they I'm might. They still Twin might. And that's why we still have like an abundance of it around here. Yeah. I'm almost wondering if Evil Twin has their own tank at Two Roads. Maybe. At this point, they've done so many collaborations with them. They might just dedicate. An interesting thing. Hmm. Then it also says a natural harmless sediment may appear. My glass is ceramic. Do you have sediment? We didn't have sediment in our draft yeah, pours. But I honestly haven't noticed it and I don't see it in here. So maybe it's just a very fine sediment. Maybe. Unlike some other ones where they're like, let's plop yeah, it in there. Like Stargazer. Yeah. <laughs> from Which a couple weeks ago. Still really good. Yeah. So yeah, that's all I have to say about two evils, 13 months of sun. It's a delicious it's so hazy good. IPA that's not heavy on the fruit. It's not heavy on the sugar. It's not heavy at all. The coffee is there as an ingredient, not something that's going to disgust you if you don't like coffee in your beer. Your first sip will be coffee because I don't think it can't not be because it's the first. It's not what you're expecting. So it's the first weird flavor. But trust me, by your second and third sip. Yeah. You really can't pick out the coffee, which is interesting because the first sip is really coffee. Yeah. Well, I think because... The Sadamo coffee is known for its floral and citrusy notes. Mm-hmm. It just really, it it's the perfect blend. I will say, and we should have mentioned this during the tasting notes instead of wrapping it up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is the mouthfeel for this beer is unique. How would you say? Let me take another sip and let me describe <laughs> it to you. It has the mouthfeel of both you're drinking a beer, mm-hmm. but also that mouthfeel of you're drinking a coffee. 
And I drink a lot of coffee, and I imagine some of you, the rest okay. of you, do as well. Yeah, I was gonna say I I can't really you don't partake drink a in ton, this conversation. Yeah. Coffee gives you this kind of I don't want to say gritty, but there's definitely this there's something in this this bean water that I'm drinking kind of feel on your tongue. <laughs> and that's exactly what you get as you drink this beer. It's almost like silt washing up on shore. Okay. I which, got that. Yeah. seems gross describing it, but that's the closest thing I could think of. But obviously there's no like actual silt there, but yeah. like there's this wave of a feel that brushes over all your taste buds as it goes. Well, I, I understand that texture because I eat a lot of black beans. There you go. Do you agree with me that that's, that's the kind of like a mouthful yeah, you get? I, I didn't make that association at first, but I understand where you're going with it. There's a stronger feel on your tongue along with having this this heavy, hazy beer Not kind unpleasant of at all. No, just a little different than usual. Yeah. I, I quite like this beer. I think this is, like we mentioned before, a perfected version of their pilot series, which is why mm-hmm. they do their pilot series. Yep. I recommend anybody go to Two Roads. It's so unique. Um, very few breweries. Some of them do do it. We've been to some breweries that have a similar program. But the fact that they put on their tap room these beers that are called Pilot <laughs> and like Pilot series or episodes of television, if enough people in the tap room go, this is fucking good, they'll then put they it go in production. With it, yeah. it gets a name, it goes out into production, and it becomes a regular beer that 15 states worth of people and people across the pond can enjoy. Uh, get to enjoy, which is really, really, really cool. And it's very unique. And I think I would really like more breweries to do that because it's also a, a peek behind the process. And I know other breweries, like we talked about Middle Coast doing it. I know a bunch of other breweries do it. They, they tweak their formula as they go. So yeah. they'll be dumping out or changing their beers as they go mm-hmm. and sit in their distillery. And with the pilot series, you get to experience have that experience that yourself and be part of it. it yeah. yeah you're essentially part of the production process and the business which end is of it, really which is, cool it is really really neat like i'm sure at least buying eighty thousand gallons of it when it was out last year is probably <laughs> why they put it into production in the first place <laughs> you're welcome <laughs> uh but if you're in the stratford area if you're in new york they i mean from the ferry the bridgeport ferry yep. uh, that goes to long island they, they literally have a, have a shuttle. They for have a you. shuttle, a free shuttle that will take you to two roads and take you back. Yep. They have a shuttle that will take you from the Stratford train station and back right now due to COVID. It is not running. But yeah. after after this all clears when up, we go back to the normal times yeah. by this time next year, you'll be able to get off wherever you are and go and go check them out. If you're vacationing in the city and you want to check out a brewery in Connecticut and you're nowhere near the Northeast and it's, it is a super quick way to experience a Connecticut brewery real quick and then hop back. Uh, yeah. The, like it's absolutely worth and the the train ride from Manhattan. So many brewers have taken their page out of Phil's book or mm-hmm. read his book on farmhouse. Ales, Literally talk about. his book. <laughs> <laughs> like he is someone that we, we latch on to because it's where we first found beer and mm-hmm. found a love for, I think, craft beer. But he's literally like world renowned. Yeah, he's kind of a living legend in the world of beer. So if you have a chance to go to Two Roads, go to Two Roads. Try this beer. Try every beer. The tap room's awesome. There's such a history there. And Area 2 is so cool because it's yep. so modern. You can get limited flights again now. It's so rare that you get a beer campus that's an independent brewery. Yeah. And, and get to experience two different, very different breweries in one. And if you're in the summertime, an amazing beer garden. Yep. So yeah, check out Two Roads. Can't speak highly enough of them. We really want to go to Evil Twin. We were hoping to go this summer to Evil Twins Brewery because we know yeah. how really nice that looks and how much we actually like Evil Twins regular beers as well. They have like a well. greenhouse, and like a little rooftop um, beer garden. Oh, yeah. It, it looks awesome. So but. when things get a little warmer, 
<laughs> and a little safer, which I mean, I mean, they're not that far away. So it's not like we have to travel far. We'll be sure to visit Evil Twin. Yeah. But yeah. Until then, try their collabs. They're amazing. They're all over the place. Check them out. Check them out. That's all I got. That's all I got. Awesome. <laughs> so thank you guys for tuning into this week's episode. And if you enjoyed it, please rate it, review it, and share it with your friends and subscribe to catch our future episodes. You can find us on crackin'oneopen.com or Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or basically wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at crackin'oneopen, or just shoot us an email at crackin'oneopen at gmail.com with any comments, questions, or suggestions because we always want to hear from you. Yeah. Yeah. You got any plugs? I got a couple. Just a couple. So why don't you check me out at audible.com. You can find my books, uh, Coffee at Midnight, Sour, Progressive Entrapment, uh, Vacation Planet, The Final Girl. These are all really good books. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Switch, Art Frauds and Gangsters. Buy them. Listen to my audiobooks. Help support me. That'd be awesome. I've also got two other podcasts I do. I've got Forgotten Cinema, a podcast I do with my buddy Mike Field. It's a podcast uh, about films that for some reason seem to be forgotten by audiences, whether because a more popular movie was released at the same time or the film simply didn't catch on with an audience. In its initial run, we discuss what we love about the movie. Maybe don't love about it, but we always recommend you revisit it. That is Forgotten Cinema, available wherever you get your podcast at ForgottenCinemaPodcast.com or ForgottenEntertainment.com as we're both part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. I've also got Two Player Bros, a podcast to do with my buddy Dave, who are two guys who play way too many video games. Join me and my buddy Dave while we take a look at Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo Switch, PC, VR. We have it all. We play it all. I'm still looking into getting an Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5. Dave's got his Series X, but we will buy... Like very soon in the next year, have both systems as well. So we'll we'll do previews, reviews, and news for everything, and then join us every other week for a post game presented by Two Player Bros, where we do a deep dive into your favorite modern classic or new release, and we talk about how it was made, our thoughts on the gameplay, and the story. That's Two Player Bros available at twoplayerbros.com, forgottenentertainment.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Oh yeah. That's all the plugs I have. <laughs> Unless someone just wants to like send me money and then send money courtesy to P.O. Box. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and a special thanks for our theme, which was composed and performed by Joe Reichert. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers. Cheers.